Dr. Vince Gutierrez here from movementthinker.org. If I care more about you than you do, we got a problem. If you live with chronic pain, you may not have to. Seek out a qualified healthcare practitioner versed in research and participate in your own healthcare. I'm going to go with the quotes again and we'll discuss some of these quotes that I found in an um, old research article from uh, the International Journal of Mechanical Diagnosis and Therapy. First quote, researchers and clinicians have come to understand patients as a heterogeneous group. One of the first classification schemes was created by McKenzie. Not all patients with back pain have the same type of back pain from the same source, meaning one patient may have pain from moving forward, one patient may have pain from moving backwards, and one patient might have pain from moving sideways. Whether you want to call this disc pain, joint pain, ligament pain, muscle pain, anytime that we call it a pain from a source, we're, uh, we're wrong most times. So, so I more like to say pain from specific types of movements instead of pain from um, um, some sort of pathology or tissue that's, that's damaged. So in, in my practice, in the spine at least, I have yet to see a true muscle sprain or a spasm in the clinic. Uh, the point of this is that we, we have to classify the patients when they come into the clinic. Another phrase for classifying is to make a best guess as to what is causing the problems. I worked with a well-respected physiatrist, uh, Dr. Ron Mochizuki, and while we were presenting at a community event, he stated, when we know what fixes your problem, then we'll have a better idea as to what caused it. After hearing this, it made a lot of sense. Unfortunately, everyone wants the answer to, why do I have pain? But unfortunately, the answer is not that easy. All right, so they speak of McKenzie. So um, where do I start? Robin was innovative and passionate. This guy dearly departed. You know, Robin passed away. I think he was 82. Um, awesome autobiography, Against the Tides. I'd highly recommend it. Um, he, he impacted more in our profession than any other practitioner in the previous century. You can find that. I think it was in the orthopedic section. He was ranked the, uh, the most influential PT of the last century. So for all the PTs that, that may actually listen to this, think about it. Readers of the, of, the, of the orthopedic section voted for the likes of Sarman, Paris, Mulligan, McMillan, Kendall, Maitland, and Robin was the most influential of the previous century. He bucked the trend in therapy at a, t at a time where everybody was doing flexion, and he came across as more of a cult leader, unfortunately. We now know that he was well ahead of his time. He was on, uh, he was our, um, our house MD, you know, he was the one who was trying to figure things out. But unfortunately, you know, when you read the book, it wasn't all um, unicorns and rainbows for him as he was going through because some people just wouldn't accept that he was doing things a little bit differently. The next quote, centralization has been consistently associated with a good prognosis for both pain and function and, ca and can direct appropriate treatment. Centralization. All right. So it's important that you look this up if you do have back pain. This trumps depression, trumps the yellow flags. And, and again, centralization is the trump card. 
as previously stated in the literature to treating back pain, especially pain that radiates down into a leg. This case study describes the assessment and treatment of a patient with a 20-plus year history of constant low back and bilateral, both legs, leg pain, presenting with multiple yellow flags and verbalized fear avoidance. This means that the patient has some psychosocial issues. And seen for a total of five visits over seven weeks. A case study is a study with an N of 1. This means that it describes one patient. The N of 1 concept is being touted as very relevant in, in the population, such as, um, you know, the, the, the people that are touting this is, you know, Tim Ferriss, uh, the, the Barbell Shrugged podcast, the Paleo Solution podcast. And, and that N of 1 type study means, how does it affect you? You know, in science, a case study is relegated to the bottom of the totem pole in terms of research. And, and why? It's because if it works for one patient, that's great. But it was only one patient. You know, we think that a study should have results that, that apply to tens of thousands of people before we can claim it as helpful. And, and unfortunately, I don't think the same way, right? I, I, I think it, um, if it can help one person and one person can claim benefit from it, the case study has valuable information. So there's a story that I heard about this N of 1 thing, right? And the first time that I heard this story, I was in PT school. There was a guy, and I apologize, I don't remember his name. We were at Rush Hospital in Chicago, and um, he was a recipient of a double lung transplant. And he's the N of 1 story, and the transplant saved his life. The point of this is that a case study can be just as important to the big-time studies if the person in the study gets a life-saving treatment or intervention. I will take that N of 1 study that actually shows that this patient survived and lived and was able to do the, the hustle up the Hancock than any study that has thousands of participants with such a minor result. You know, so these N of 1 studies, they, they can be very impactful. Um, and, and it's because of his N of 1 study that I actually became an N of 1 also. So because of his story, I, I signed up to be a bone marrow donor and I donated in 2008, um, attempting to Im impact somebody else's life forever because why not be the end of one if you can? Anyway, so back to the story. The, the patient had a 20-year history of back and both leg pain with yellow flags. Any therapist reading this knows that we do not like seeing this patient in the waiting room prior to day one, right? So they typically color in the entire body diagram when asked to fill out the diagram, right? They tend to color outside the lines. They tend to color outside the body. They have X's. They have arrows. They have um, red lines. They have lightning bolts. Um, they, they have all kinds of things to just say, hey, look at my symptoms, and, and so, yeah, we, we really have to pay attention to what these patients are doing, you know, and because and they're, they're getting attention and they want us to hear them. And it's not a bad thing, right? They're not doing it on purpose, but, but they want to be heard. And so a person with a 20-year history of pain, you know, it's, it's, they, they become a little harder to treat in the clinic. I've seen many therapists throw up their hands saying, what am I going to do with this person? You know, and, uh, you know, the patients had pain for 20 years and they have pain everywhere, you know, but needless to say, it is still a business, and these patients tend to get put in a shake-and-bake, one-size-fits-all program three times a week for four to six weeks, even though the therapist may not know what the hell they're doing with the patient to start with. So on top of that, when you add in yellow flags, which are these psychosocial issues like depression and, and fear and, you know, um, patients that have uh, reported suicidal thoughts in the past, you know, when you put in these yellow flags, um, it, it has the making for a disaster, 
So, yeah, we, we want to make sure that we're, we're paying attention to these patients because not all patients will, um, sh should we throw up our hands on, you know, because we can actually affect these patients. So the patient score on the modified Oswestry Low Back Disability Index was a 56%. That's a high score, right? 0% uh, means that the patient is doing awesome. 100% means that the patient perceives themselves as doing poor. And so this is a questionnaire that allows the patient to self-describe how the symptoms limit their lifestyle. This score would correlate, the 56% correlates with more of that severe disability. Patient management, sorry, management following initial assessment. Self-management provided, repeated extension in lying, repeated extension in standing, slouch overcorrect in sitting, educated about the excellent prognosis in the presence of centralization. Remember what I said before about the trump card. Even in someone that has experienced pain for more than 20 years and shows up to the clinic looking like Eeyore, there is still hope. Uh, if you guys don't know ER, Eeyore, go back and watch uh, Winnie the Pooh. I got three kids. Um, so, so we've seen a lot of uh, Winnie the Pooh. At least if the therapist is well-versed in the research and doesn't default to a shake-and-bake mentality, these patients can still be helped. Repeated extension in lying is similar to the cobra pose in yoga. This cobra pose has been synonymous with the McKenzie method forever, but MDT, also known as mechanical diagnosis and therapy, is more than just this one exercise. Postural correction. Wait, we're saying posture is important? You know, in, in a lot of PT circles, they say that there's no good posture, right? But for me, I'm going to disagree a little bit. The best posture is the posture that turns off symptoms. If you have a posture that turns on symptoms, well, then you should probably minimize that. And if you can find a posture that turns off your symptoms, that's the position that you should find yourself in. Anyway, back at it. So for some people, changing posture can turn off pain and then thus increase confidence because they feel they are more empowered at, at controlling their pain. Next, visit two was one week later. The pain has re reduced from a four out of 10 to a three out of 10. She reported a consistent decrease in pain with the performance of her exercise. Posterior to anterior mobilization of the lumbar spine was also added this session. So not a huge change in pain intensity from visit one to visit two, but there was a huge change in, in the patient's perception. Once a patient understands that he or she has the power to change the pain, it's game over, right? The patient has to see that cause and effect. I don't care if the pain has been there for one day or 20 years. I never tire of seeing the patient's face when they start seeing that same pattern that I've seen over the past 15 years. I love the look when they realize that the pain is in their control. That's awesome, right? Completely awesome. A PA mobilization is when the therapist puts the hands on the patient's back while the patient is laying face down. The therapist applies a downward force and the, and the patient usually says, hmm, that feels pretty good. Um, some patients may not like it, but patients that respond to press-ups, they typically respond well to this exercise. Or press-ups, also known as repeated extension and lying. Visit three one week later. Initiating treatment with sustained extension and lying, head of the bed elevated for five minutes, performed to accommodate the patient's report of wrist pain with extension and lying. Symptoms were fully centralized. Story time. This is the famous story regarding Mr. Smith take yourself back to the 1950s. Nonconformists weren't looked upon in high regards. Robin was a nonconformist. Everyone at that time believed that if you bent a person backwards, you might sever the person's spine and cut their nerve roots in half. I mean, seriously? 
This is how they thought back then. Enter Mr. Smith. From here, I'll say go out and buy Robin's book against the tide. It's a great story from a great clinician, and I can't do the justice to this story because it's not mine. Moving back to the research. Visit four, pain level of one out of 10, primarily centralized to the low back. Avoiding passive treatment is consistent with promoting patient independence. Hurt versus harm. This patient is much better than previous visits at this time. The patient with 20 years of pain is starting to see the value of mechanical movement-based care. It's funny, I recently had a student that came into the clinic and said, I don't plan on being an MDT-based therapist when I graduate. After the student left, I don't think he will be able to see treating a patient any other way, as the results can be rapid, even in patients with 20 years of pain. I think there was a study done by uh, Donaldson, I don't know the study off the top of my head, Um, if if I'm remembering correctly, it was around 2012 in the PMNR journal that shows that patients with chronic pain, up to 40% of them can have uh, directional preference in centralizing symptoms, which again, that centralizing symptoms associated with um, excellent results. So passive treatments of, of, of any sort are, are treatments in which the patient is not actively participating. This is one of the shake and bake methods described earlier. Passive treatments are as followed. Massage, ultrasound, electrical stim, moist heat, and some would say even manipulation. Believe it or not, that's a strong statement. There are many therapists that built their careers on using passive treatments. These treatments require very little thought, and the business gets reimbursed well for using these types of treatments, right? So they still get paid. Our professional organization, the American Physical Therapy Association, has come out strongly against the use of passive treatments, and uh, Robin McKenzie was very much against passive treatments as they foster dependence on the therapist instead of the, therap- instead of the patient taking ownership of the problem. I do physical therapy. I have a doctorate of physical therapy. I can explain all of the same benefits that our profession uses to sell the continued use of passive modalities, and, and, and I can tell you that the research is old, and there is little current research to show the benefit of, of these passive modalities. We all want to help patients, but there's a huge chasm between traditional physical therapy and current therapy based on research. Hurt versus harm. If you've ever worked out, you understand soreness. Some coaches may have explained this as you are hurting or are you hurt or are you injured, right? Harm is no good, but hurt is okay. I have, I have a two-year-old daughter and I'm constantly stepping on small toys. <laughs> it hurts, right? Those Legos on the floor. Um, hurts bad sometimes. But, you know, it doesn't actually harm anything. I mean, it's just pain for a short period of time and then it goes away when I uh, throw the Lego halfway across the room. But anyway, so when a patient does something out of the ordinary, they will feel things out of the ordinary. This is not always harmful, but that feeling may linger for a period of time. And if the, if the lingering becomes too long or the patient starts losing function because of that movement, well, then stay out of harm's way. This is the only way to get bigger, stronger, faster, and the bigger, stronger, faster person tends to have a better quality of life than that of the weaker slower person. I think there's that research study out there called, uh, good research study to look at. It's how fast does the Grim Reaper walk, you know, and, and people who walk slower than a certain speed, I think it was 2.5 miles an hour, tend to have a, a higher risk of death over the next five years. It sucks to hear the research, right? But it's, it's, 
it's bad it's bad research but i mean it's not bad research it's good research but it's bad outcome you know nobody wants to die but that's the stuff that we need to talk about with our patients anyway back to it visit five one month later denied pain patient scored two percent on her modified oswestry disability index no longer fearful. I don't know if you remembered, but the patient previously scored 56% and a score of a 10% change. So if she went from a 56 to a 46, that would have been considered like out of this park, great progress. The patient went from a 56 down to a two. Phenomenal, right? Those are the, those are the, the results that we love to see. And so 20 years of pain, gone. This is a frequent occurrence in the clinic, but the therapist has to be trained in treating this type of patient. Again, this is a five times what's considered significant of a change, right? So the patient's belief system changed and the patient was no longer afraid of movement. That's huge, right? When we're treating patients, not only were we trying to, to help them take control of their symptoms and their life, but we're trying to help them get back to life, you know, return to the life that they want and that they dreamed of, but that pain was keeping them from for so long. Next quote, several yellow flags, depression, inability to describe any relieving postures or activities besides rest, self-limiting, external locus of control. This is Eeyore, depressed, never excited, wants to rest and relax and believes that this is best for symptoms and an external locus of control. This is the woe is me patient. Everything is out of the patient's control and the world is against the patient. Think of the old joke about the country song. My dog died. My wife left me and the truck broke down. You know, n n never mind. You didn't feed the dog. Love your wife or go put gas in the truck. You know, it's it, 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 it's blaming other things, even though you have the power to change your symptoms. Are you going to exercise that power? The moral of the story is don't be Eeyore. Take control of your health. Go out, get bigger, faster, stronger, and work to reduce the symptoms that you're experiencing. If you need help, don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can find me at movementthinker.org. The quotes from the article came from Sheets. Resolution of a 20-year history of chronic low back pain and leg pain with direction-specific exercise and focused pain education from the International Journal of Mechanical Diagnosis and Therapy in 2009. I do appreciate you listening. If you find it in your heart, I'd love it if you can give me a rating on iTunes. That's how we help to grow the show. Thank you. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. The views expressed during this podcast are that of the creator, Dr. Vince Gutierrez, and do not reflect the views of the authors that are cited during the podcast. Again, this is for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you have a physical limitation or a pain, please seek out a licensed professional. Thank you for listening.